You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Right, so we are in Pasha Shalach, which is on the inside on page 1127. It's in Sefer Bar page Ayin Aleph. Towards the bottom right column, So he's going to quote an interesting medrash for us. You know what this is like. A king who arranged for his son, Isha Noah, beautiful wife, Bas Tovim, the uh, with great uh, lineage, Vashira, and with a lot of money. There was no one like her in the world. But the son says to the father, the king, I need to see her. He did not trust his father to choose a good wife for him. So this became very difficult for the king. He felt very bad about it. He said, what should I do? If the king says, I'm not going to show her to you, then he'll say, she's ugly. That's why you don't want me to see her. Uh, so if Amrlo, so what the king ends up saying, I want you to see her. So that you know I did not trick you. But because you did not trust me, Konam, I make a, a promise. You will not see her in your house. She will not be your wife. She will be the wife of your son. Hashem says to the Jewish people, Tovahi, it's a good land. They did not believe. They said, We want to send men before us. If I withhold it from them to send spies, my moment, what are they going to say? Because it's not good, he won't show it to us. You can see it. But I'm making an oath that they will not be the ones to enter it. As it says, I swear if they will see the land, that's the language of the Medrash, I'll give it to their children. So this is the approach that the Alshech is going to take based on this Medrash. And uh, really the Medrash is self-explanatory, but I think it's beautiful the way that the Alshech um, presents this, especially to ask some of the, to answer, I mean, to resolve some of the difficulties on Parsha Shalach. So there's a difficulty here. Why didn't Hashem refuse their request? It would have been better off had he not sent the spies. Obviously, the um, the result, the negative result of everything that happened in, in the parsha, is better than had they not gone. Lufiyanira, based on what all of us perceive, I think most people would say that uh, sometimes you're better off um, not uh, not going through with something if it's going to end up worse. But Odin, furthermore, it's not really a good um, analogy. This story, this parable, isn't. Co- um, doesn't compare well. Over there, in the Mashal, the king doesn't allow the prince to marry this princess even before 
he, the prince goes to see her and comes back with a bad report. That's not what happened there. There, as soon as he suggests that he doesn't trust the king, at that point the king already right. removes it from him. Without him adding on to the sin, which is to see her and say she's not good enough. But with the Jewish people, that's not what happened. It's only after they came back with a bad report. When they came back from... Um, spying out the land. So therefore the Ashach to resolve this takes a closer look at the language of the Midrash. Kirav ma'od ra'asam that it actually would have been worse imayim akvam milaleches if Hashem would have held them back from going than from sending them. And this is the most important point of this entire piece in the Ashach which resolves this famous question that everybody asks, why does Hashem send? Hashem says to Moshe, Shlach Lecha, as we know, send it according to you. I don't want these spies. I think it's a bad idea, and only bad things will come from it. Hashem gives Moshe this advice, and Moshe says, okay, um, I'm sending them anyway. And Hashem says, okay. Why does Hashem say okay? Say no and save the Jewish people from this trouble. That's the question that virtually all the later commentators ask. Says the Alshech, in very simple words we just read, that it actually would have been worse if they would not have sent spies. He says, Ki mitchila hitilu safik yizbarach mikitane amana. He says, because at first, the way this started was their doubts in the words of Hashem. And therefore, they were what we call Ketane Amana, people of weak faith. Mm-hmm. And therefore, as the Ashach is going to tell us soon, that's actually worse than complaining about what Hashem has given you. Mm-hmm. That's why, in order to remove the doubt, they said, Let's send men. Says Hashem like this. Up till now, their sin is lack of faith. Because they doubt me. But right now, where they are standing, they doubt Hashem. Doubting Hashem is a terrible sin. But it's still a doubt. And a doubt you can still recover from. If Hashem promises you that something is going to be a certain way, and you doubt it, so you have weak faith, but you're still connected to Hashem. He says, Hashem says, if I would say no to them, then they will take as a certainty that the land is not good. And they will look at Hashem as a chasu shalom to even say these words, but a falsifier. He won't even say the words, so he says ha'emes to overturn the truth because he can't even say those words. avon mushlal kapara says the alshech that is a sin that has no forgiveness. You can't recover from feeling a certainty that Hashem is lying to you. So Hashem cuts his losses and says, it's better to send them. Let them complain about Eretz Yisrael, but they should not say that what Hashem says is not true. 
and have Tisha B'Av forever. Right? And still better than being convinced. The year will let them see. Ki emes ani that I am a God of truth. that not a word from all I said has failed. And therefore, a big line here, the punishment will now not be for a rebellion against Hashem, but only a rejection of Hashem's chosen land. Does that, does that mean that had they made a rejection earlier, they never would have gotten into the land? Had they made a rejection of... In other words, if... if they had simply not, not just had a doubt, but didn't believe in Hashem, then it would follow the mushal, and instead of not getting the bride at all, or in, in just like not getting the bride at all, they would never well, get Well, he's the saying it would, it, it would be worse children. than that, not even their children. That's, what, that, their right, children, that's right. what he's saying. The yeah. Al-Sheikh is saying that if Hashem says no, if there's no spies, you don't need spies, it's a bad idea, you, there's no spies. If the people's response would have been, see, I told you it was all a lie, right. then that would have been the end of the Jewish people. Uh-huh. So Hashem says, okay, send spies, let them fail, they won't go in. This was the idea of right? No, the people came to him. The people started it. It's just, I, I'm, I, when the, when Moshe comes to Hashem, that's in Pasha's Devarim. Yeah. Moshe says, they came to me. They came to me. Moshe comes to Hashem. Hashem says, not a good idea. Moshe says, yeah, let's do it anyway. Hashem says, okay, send. Shlach lacha. But it started from the people. But Hashem was ready to wipe out the people. Yeah, but that's all part of the process. But there's a recovery from that. But he says, There's no atonement. Once you reach a place where someone makes a statement like that, saying, I knew Hashem, this is my proof. In other words, they they are certain for themselves that Hashem was um, not telling them things as they are. Then at that point, there's no recovery. But isn't it like they're saying that when they believe the spies? No, because the, the the spies said it's a land flowing with milk and honey. They said all good things about the land. They just said the people are powerful and we're too scared and we're not going to be able to make it. But none of that was rejecting what Hashem had said. In other words, they had the truth and that the land was exactly as Hashem described it. The spies came back. They said they said that it is a land flowing with milk and honey. Yeah, so Hashem said you can enter and I will, it will be good. And they said no. Yeah, but that's still doubting and it's not it's not ha. We knew Hashem was just trying to trick us. So he says, Valakushi Ashnia, and as for the next question. Rabbi, excuse me, that's such a s- silly statement that Nuka Hashem was tricking us. If he wanted to kill us, he could kill us right now. I would send us into battle to die. Oh, no, no, because Hashem has a system for how he punishes us. And this is how we, 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 we're being punished. We're being led into um, something. Light, lightning yeah. or plague isn't good enough. I mean, right? you could do it any time. Okay. Yeah, but this is, what, this is the way doubts work when things go wrong in our life. Yeah, we, we like to blame Hashem. We don't like to take responsibility. And how could God let this happen? Right, this is the tenth one, but this is the worst. It sounds, it sounds like they didn't doubt Hashem. They doubted themselves because they were worried about their own actions and the punishment of what they, they deserve. Well, that's, that's what happens meaning they were doubting themselves because Hashem let them see the land. That's what we're saying. 
Because Hashem lets them see the land. They see the land. It is as Hashem describes it. But now they're doubting whether they have the merit, whether this or that. So it's all doubts against the land, against, but not in the words, the promise that Hashem made to them. And that's what Hashem is saving. Because if they would have doubted and said, ha, Hashem is just trying to trick us, and the proof is because He won't let us see the land, had they said that, then that, that would have been the worst. So, ba- <coughs> so basically, Am Yisrael has a Emunah or Bitahon uh, deficiency. Everybody okay, has so an Emunah deficiency. Right? What should do anything about it? Apparently not. That's why uh, Moshe falls down and uh, it's too late by now. I mean, Moshe's trying to teach them Amuna and Bitachan all these years, and you see the speeches that he gives in the Varim, but, you know, that's a challenge that everyone's always facing. How do you compare the generation of the Midbar to today's generation? Uh, so they were the Dordea, but th- this is all on their level, of course. Well, with, and and, and the, the Egel and this and this. And all still on all their the, level. the miracles that they saw by the Yamsu. And everything's and, and, everything's and on, Mitzrayim, everything's on their level. The, our generation would be worse than them? For sure. For sure, without a doubt. Our generation is worse than them. Right? We saw one opinion so once that said... Ha- that why do we deserve to go to Olam Abba then? Call Yisrael, Yeshlam Chelik, but let's again add that. I call Yisrael, Yeshlam Chelik, but But over the, those generation too, but did Hashem stop them? The they going, they were the, going to all the Mabba. Door Midbar did not. That's have a machlokus in the Gemara, exactly. but we pass and they do. So one opinion that said what? You said you saw one opinion that said what? Um, that we're in the fiftieth level already. No. Yeah. Now regarding the second question, the problem was, the parable in the story of the king, as soon as they ask, he already says no. So as soon as the people said, let us send men, Hashem did not at that point take away the land from them. Only because they increased their sin on top of the sin, and gave a bad report. But in this analogy, in the parable, as soon as the son says, I want to go see her, the father already promised that he, she will not be his wife. So how do, why is the mashal like that? It should have been like in our thing where the uh, son comes back and says, oh, I saw the princess and she's nice, but she has this problem and she has that problem. At that point, the king should say, that should be the mashal. Yeah. So it could be. As soon as Hashem said, send for yourself men. Hashem already says, let them go see the land, and notice the language, Asher Ani Nosein Livnei Yisrael. Right? It should have said, Asher Ani Nosein Lahem, that I give to them. <coughs> so the answer is, Kaloma Livnam Shal Yisrael Eila, Hashem was already hinting that it's not going to go to them, it's going to go to the children. For lowly Yisrael Atzmam. The Alshech is learning that it, technically, as soon as the people asked, they were already going to lose it. The reason why we quote the land, if they shall see the land, that's where it says, because there's a repetition in that later verse. After it says, because they did not hear that voice, 
and it says they will not see the land, then the verse repeats itself and says, and all those who instigated against me, they shall not see it. So if you look at this, um, at the Torah, in, uh, in verse 22-23, later on, it repeats, they will not see the land, and then it adds, and all those who, all those who instigated against me will not see it. It's the same people where it says they will not see the land. The verse repeats, all, my in, all the instigators will not see it. Furthermore, the verse starts off because they did not listen to my voice. Then the verse repeats, and says all those who instigated against me. That's much worse than not listening to the voice of Hashem. Now, now, if you'll tell me that those who instigated against me is Alasar Maraglim, the ten spies themselves, their punishment was a lot worse. They had their from not seeing the land, they actually died a horrible death. Rather, this is what I'm trying to say, says the Alshech. These people saw my glory. They saw my miracles. But they did not hear my voice. But Amri, as soon as, when I said, that the land is good, and they wanted to see it, you should know as soon as they asked for spies. It's deserving. That they should not see the land. Terami and Atsuni, before they instigated against me, Bedibas Haaretz Rabbe actually coming back with a bad report. Umagam Achrekein, and certainly all the more so. Kikoma Menatsai Lo Yuru, when they actually instigated, they shall not see it, says the Alshech. So even though the Torah says that because they instigated, which we're assuming means the bad report, really it was as soon as Veloshama Bekoli, as soon as they did not hear the voice of Hashem, as soon as they did not trust Hashem, they already ro- lost the rights to the land. Zulas, Mashiyigdal um, Ansham, however, now their punishment is going to be worse. Al Mashiyosifu Lachto, um, because they added sin. From this we see, before they actually came back with a bad report, it was already decreed that they would not see the land. And this is different than all the other commentaries. All the other Mephoshim learned that it was only because they came back with a bad report. The Alshech is learning as soon as they asked for um, spies, as soon as they insist, and just like the marshal of the Medrash, they already lost the right to the land. Because they did not believe, it was, they were deserving, they should not see the land. This is a common theme which appears throughout the system of Hashem's reward and punishment. For example, and Kol Yisrael, we just quoted, Kol Yisrael Yeshlam Every Jew has a portion in the world to come. If someone is Mechalal Shabbos openly, uh, if someone worships idols, if somebody commits all the cardinal sins, murders a thousand people, they still have a chilek la'olam haba. However, if someone does not believe that Chiyas HaMesim is in the Torah, he has, gets no olam haba. Why? How could this guy be worse than this uh, mass murderer? And the answer is, because if you don't believe in Tchiyas you can't get something you don't believe in. 
So this is this is the appropriate punishment. It's not so much about what you did, but if you don't believe in something, you can't have it. So says the Al Sheikh, if you don't believe in the land of Hashem, you can't get the land of Hashem. So, so it does this mean that if they had not uh, had the bad report and the people did not panic over it and so on? They, they wouldn't have gotten the land, but they would have been able to see the land. Well, we'll, we'll see. He's going to carry on. He's going to finish this thought. He's going to yeah. tell us what would have happened in between. What about Yeshua? What, when, when they sent spies later, how, how, how did that happen? Why? Was what's the problem? Also, doesn't that also show a doubt? I mean, that's a question. Unfortunately, he has a whole chapter on that. But it's clear that those spies are going for a different reason and all of that. So, so Hashem was masking to those Spots, yeah, yeah, that's, that's a, I mean, that, that it's a different subject, different than this one, but yeah, basically, that's what all the Mafarshim show is that that was a different process. There's no prohibition of spies, prohibition is to is to do what the Maraglim are trying to do, right? So, is this the same system when Abram asked by Maida? Right, just right. for asking you. That, that's that's a very good comparison. As soon as Avram says, How shall we deserve it? Hashem says, Okay, now that you asked, we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to do an exile for 400 years. If you wouldn't have asked, you could have just gotten it. So he says, That's why the Pasik says, Yisrael for the children of Yisrael. Now, of course, the parable that the Medrash gives is so perfect. Furthermore, if you look, in the Mashal, he doesn't kill his son. Actually, you ran over base, so he just says it won't be a wife. Right. But in this story, the Jews die. And the answer is, as soon as they wanted the spies, at that point, they were not going to see the land, but they were going to live out long, healthy lives in the desert. But when they came back with the bad report, that's why they all have to die before the age of 60. So that answers However long they were going to live, everyone was going to live their full lives and uh, and uh, in the desert. And they're, they they might even have sent in uh, you know the the children right away, as soon as they got to a certain age or something. But and and of course Moshe Rabbeinu would have still been able to go to go in. But because these people end up, because they actually come back with a bad report, now they're all punished. They're all going to die um, uh, before the age of 60, which is the Misa of Kares. And uh, that's, uh, that's their punishment. Everyone believed? I can't believe everyone believed. They all bought in. That's, that's how mass... All of them? That's how mobs work. Yeah, that's how it works. Everyone gets caught up in it. Now, how is it different? Abraham had dealt on He said... Hashem told him, your children will inherit the land. And he said, how will I know? Well, that's what uh, Eitan was mentioning, right? And that because of that, they get punished with uh, 400 years of exile. So does that mean that, that at this particular point, uh, Moshe and Aaron, who presumably did not uh, fall into the the trap of the Deba Tamra, uh, were then in kind of a, they were in a different, they were in a different right. status. They were, they, maybe, they wouldn't have gotten to go in the land, but they wouldn't necessarily have died. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's hard to know, because, you know, what-ifs are always very difficult, but um, but it does seem that they might even have been able to go into the land, especially if you learn that Maimariva is, what is, a, is a result, is connected to the story of the Maraglim, which uh-huh. it might be. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
So he says, included in this is a very interesting point. Even though everything is revealed before Hashem, Hashem gives free will for people to do right or wrong. So this is the one of the major points of the Alshech. Throughout his commentary on the Torah, he discusses the concept of free will, and he really makes this point in a serious way again and again. When we have questions of how does Hashem allow this, the answer is Hashem doesn't mess with free will. In, in, in most situations like that. And, uh, I, I, he, he's obviously not talking about something like this. He's talking about the Miraglim. But I hear this question all the time. You know, how could Hashem allow six million Jews? And the answer is because there were monsters who used their free will to commit the greatest act of monstrosity, of the greatest crime in the history of mankind. And free will is free will. Uh, why does Hashem um, not interfere? Because free will is free will. And that's the answer. Now, why does do other things in the steps? Because sometimes Hashem does bring a miracle or some other kind of thing. That's a good question. But not the question of how could Hashem allow it to happen. And he says, this parsha proves this to us. However, because Hashem isn't going to mess with free will, Hashem makes calculations. At least Hashem, what Hashem can do is make things be the best way that they will be. Hashem's not going to mess with free will, but will arrange that our choices should have at least the best effect. Because Hashem knows that if He says no to the spies, that they will then claim that Hashem is lying and they'll be worse. Hashem says so send, because Hashem knows that that's the lesser of two evils. There's a famous Medrash. Moshe didn't want to send them. Until Hashem told them who's the biggest tzaddik in each shevet. So, how, so uh, how do we understand, like, Siyatatishmaev, if there's help from Rabbi? Yeah, but that, n- nothing that messes with free will. It doesn't mess, it just gives you, like, an assist, a little bit. Well, so it. what would be the situation? Let's say a person is, um, person is, you know, playing the lottery. Right. So Hashem doesn't mess with your free will, Hashem can mess with the numbers of the lottery. Hashem chooses which numbers should come out. That's not that messing with free will. Bez Hashem by everyone here. Um, so, so that Moshe was hoping at least that would save them from stumbling. Usually the word anashim means um, that they are kosher people. As we know, tzadikim are you Moshe would say, what about that guy? You can send him. Meaning that Hashem and Moshe hand-picked out these people, even though Hashem knows that these guys are going to come back with a bad report, that's still a better uh, choice than the other option. And at least they arranged for the biggest tzaddik that, uh, that was available. Uh, it's amazing to see that even though it was the biggest tzaddik, they still messed up. All right, we're going to go towards the end of the parsha now, on page eleven fifty one, which is page tzaddik. 
Uh, anyway, but that's the Alshech's approach towards the Meraglim, a beautiful explanation, which is kind of tough on the Jewish people, because he is suggesting that as soon as they asked for spies, but he's basing himself on that Midrash with the story of the prince, and he's saying that the fact that they came back with a bad report was not the reason why they lost Eretz Yisrael, that was the reason why they all had to die um, in the, in, uh, at the time that they did. Okay, now here, he's talking about the Parsha of Tzitzis. So it says, It should be for you for Tzitzis. You shall see it. And you should remember all the mitzvahs of Hashem. Somehow when you look at Tzitzis, it's uh, meant to remind you of all the mitzvahs of Hashem. Uh, so if you see in paragraph which begins with Alamed Tess, about five lines in, in the left column. So the first word on the line is Ve'inyan HaKasuf. The idea of this verse. Im Tomar no Yisrael. The Jewish people will say, Ki Tomar Elai How could you say that when I look at the tzitzes, I'm going to remember all the mitzvahs? yom yom. I put on tzitzes every day. so I see it. And I don't remember all the mitzvahs of Hashem? It's a great question. It says in the Torah that if you wear tzitzes, you'll remember all the mitzvahs. And yet, we find people who wear tzitzes and they still do the wrong thing. How is that possible? <laughs> so he says, that's why the next words are, They shall be for you for tzitzes. So I'd like to give a mashal. I remember the Alshech is speaking to crowds of people from all over Eretz Yisrael, especially within the city of Tzfas. Everyone came to hear the drashas of the Alshech. The Arizal himself, who was the greatest Mekubal um, since the times of the Tanaim, he also came to listen to the Alshech's uh, drashas, as we've mentioned before. And he said that Min they... So, when you're speaking to a crowd, you have to have stories and parables and all this kind of stuff. She says, It's the way of people. If they want to remember something to do, they tie a string in one of their fingers, Liros to see it, and to remember. They shouldn't forget. Now, here's what happened one time. There was one man, he tied a string around his finger. Not as a reminder, he just had a string tied around his finger. One day, he still has this string around his finger. He had something that he was supposed to remember. And he forgot. He had an appointment to make and he forgot. He says, how could I forget an appointment? I have a string around my finger. How could this string around my finger not have helped me? To remember what I need to do. There's a string around my finger. How do I ever forget anything? In a negative pun of Navon and Vayomerlo, so of course the wise people will say to him, you're a fool. The Ainlev, have you no mind? Ki Almat and Nenach, why are you upset? That you didn't remember what you needed, because there's a string around your finger. If you did not tie the string for the sake of remembering this item, how are you going to remember this thing if the string wasn't tied for this purpose? 
That's exactly it here. Hashem says, We have four strings on the four corners of our clothing. As I look at the tzitzis, I don't remember all the mitzvahs of Hashem. I'm going to open your eyes. So that you remember your problem. When you put on the tzitzis, you have to intend that they should be a sign for you that when you look at it this says the Ashachol depends on the moment you put on the tzitzis then when you'll see you'll remember the mitzvahs that's like the person who puts the string around his finger to look and remember a certain thing but if you put on the tzitzis and you just do it without thinking, without using it as a thought to remember, so if you see it, you won't remember the mitzvahs of Hashem. Now I know, um, this is for sure, This is they say one of the reasons why the men have to wear tzitzahs and the women don't, because men seem to have more selective memories than, 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 than women. Right? Like the, uh, the, the worst thing that a, uh, a wife can do is make the uh, Wi-Fi password the anniversary. Uh, that's the. So, is that a double entendre that the bracha is al mitzvah tzitzit? What do you mean? Because it's not just the mitzvah putting on tzitzit; it's to remind you of the mitzvah. The mitzvah well, okay. Tzitzit. I mean, the, uh, it, it, that could be. That could be. Um, you mean the uh, talis katan bracha? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah that, um, that could be. That's a nice uh, shot because you connect all the mitzvahs. But but it's the, the thing is, it's not only true of tzitzit. This is a universal concept which is true of all mitzvahs. All mitzvahs that are meant to... So for example, we know that lighting Shabbos candles on the, the, on the part of women has the power to bring a greater level of neshama and Torah and Kedusha to the children. So there's many women who have lit um, candles many times and still they find uh, you know, some tzaras from their children. How could that happen? Doesn't it say, Haragel Bener, someone who lights candles, Haven Lobanim has children and uh, so the answer is because it doesn't work like that. You have to intend when you light the candles that you're lighting and you're bringing down this uh, influence of holiness down on your children. It doesn't happen automatically. You have to daven for it. So this is true of all mitzvahs that don't expect when there's a certain schooler that comes with the mitzvah that if you're, if you're missing the the uh, it doesn't mean you do the mitzvah for the sake of reward, but you, uh, you should use the time of the mitzvah as an opportunity to channel that down. That's why it says, It shall be for you for tzitzis. If you actually make it your tzitzis. The word tzitzis means to look. The hot seats. This court to remember as kasher arisim. So then, when you see it as chaytem as kol mitzvah Hashem, you'll remember the mitzvahs of Hashem. If you don't put it on with the intention of them being sisters, you don't make it as a sign to remember. How is it going to be a reminder? And one final paragraph I want to read in the Alshich here. Because he takes the uh Namaskaris, now how's it meant to remind you? You do a Maimaramafarshim, everyone's heard this before. Kitsitzis, the word tzitzis, Ola Sheish Meos equals the numerical value of six hundred. The Shmona Chutim and the eight strings, Hamisha Gesharim and the five um, knots, Hare Taryag, that's six hundred and thirteen. Yeah. 
The problem is that it doesn't say tzitzis in the Torah is spelled tzadi with both yuds. V'amashet tzitzis kasuv chaser. Now the fact that it's written in the Torah chaser, so we say amru kilamed shemimilas litzitzis. Mashlemes aminian l'shalosh atevos. So the lamed adds the account to each of the three words of tzitzis. So you have to divide up the lamed into three. So that's three tens, and that goes to each of the tzitzis. He says, "Come on, I find this very strange." Shabriyas at tzitzis. Someone's going to look at the tzitzis. Yala zichon la'ish misper at tzitzis. So he's going to remember the tzitzis. Shabakasuv, the way it's spelled in the Torah. And tashlon lamed, and then take the thirty and divide it by ten. Now, like the famous story of the man who um, walks by this, that the two people are driving by a field, and one of them says, "You know, that field has exactly two hundred and eighty-seven cows." Man says, "There's no way you counted." He says, "Sure, it's 287." So the man stops the car, runs down to the path, knocks on the door of the farmer, and says, "Tell me, how many cows do you have in your field?" So he says, "Well, last I counted, I had 287." He comes running back to his friend and says, "How'd you do that? There's exactly 287 cows." He says, "It's easy. I counted all the legs and I divided by four." <laughs> So, so the the expectation that a person should come to this this realization through this kind of difficult gematria says ba'od If you look at the pasuk it seems It sounds like by looking at the strings itself that's going to remind you. So says the alshach. I think it's like this. It says, if you wear the tzitzit, you will remember, kol mitzvah Hashem. Mm-hmm. He says that the kol mitzvah Hashem means all the commandments of Hashem. Kol, ki milas kol, the word kol, ola chamishim is 50. Mitzvahs, ola chamish meyesu shloishim v'sheish, is exactly 536. 536 plus 50 is 586. Mm-hmm. Yud is 26. Kol mitzvah Hashem. Those three words is exactly 612. And then you look at the tzitzes. That's 613. So it's not that you're, when you look at the tzitzes, you realize that you remember Kol Mitzvah Hashem, because Kol Mitzvah Hashem is exactly 612. And when you add, so, I'm not sure, I'm not convinced that the Alshech's gematria is that much easier than, it doesn't involve dividing the legs of the cow, which is good, but, 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 but still, the, but what is interesting about it is that he's making it the way that, you know, the very, why is the Torah called Torah? So Torah means teaching, it means all kinds of other things, but also, we know the most, one of the first verses we teach a child is Torah Tzivalanu Moshe. Mm-hmm. Now, why is it Sivalanu Moshe? Because the word Torah is the numerical value of 611, exactly. Mm-hmm. So there's two mitzvahs we heard from Hashem directly, and then Torah 611, Sivalanu Moshe. That's the Gemara Makos says this explanation. So, and we know that the numerical value of the word bris is 612. Mm-hmm. 
Because after you do the bris milah, now you've got 612 more mitzvahs to do. So, uh, and that's the only mitzvah which you do without thinking, without any, when, when you're, when, when, right. So then, so, so when you, ha- right. So it's on the father, so the child just comes into it. So the alshech is saying that tzitzis is like that too. Cause kol mitzvah Hashem is 612. And when you add the mitzvah of tzitzis, you have 613. Kaddish Baruch should help us that we should at least fulfill all the mitzvahs which we can do. Bezus Hashem. Hashkara? Yes, please. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.